Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we're continuing a discussion that we started yesterday where I was going through the Christianity Today piece about the Mars Hill, the rise and fall of Mars Hill. And when I initially heard that, I binged listened. I think there's maybe six episodes. And I had so many thoughts because of just different experiences I've had that a lot of people were asking me what my opinion was. And to date, this is our most downloaded episode series that we have done. And so I thought it might be valuable to revisit some of this information because I think this is a topic we don't hear a lot about, but yet we have to keep on the tips of our hearts and our minds if we want to prevent it from happening and prevent it from keep going if it is already happening. And so if you have not listened to that series already, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the original Mars Hill series because it's so incredibly valuable. Listen to that first before you come and you listen to this episode. But for the rest of this week, we're going to be talking about how this issue is really an issue that has been going on since the beginning of time because the devil himself is a narcissist and it plays into this idea of church hurt and spiritual abuse and all sorts of things that we have to name and we have to reveal so God can heal it. It's really easy to sit here and listen to those episodes and think, oh man, well, you know, I don't know why they just didn't say anything. But I think that's kind of what I want to get into. One of the things I've always said about some of these things, like Rabbi Zacharias was another one that we learned about this past year. Why are we not examining the reasons why that happened in the first place? That sin didn't happen in a vacuum. I think with the Ravi situation, if you're not familiar, you can look it up. I think Christianity Today did a piece on it. Lots of lots of people did. But anyway, he had a series of accusations against him because he owned these massage parlors. And he was, as an apologeticist and as a preacher and a teacher and an author who many of my colleagues deeply respected. And, and in fact, some of them are in ministry today because of him or even in seminary studying apologetics because of him. The flip side of that was this sexual abuse that was going on with these massage parlors that he owned and these girls that worked there. It's very easy to sit back in my office and look at that story and say, well, how did that happen? How did nobody said anything? But yet I also recognize the fact that there is multiple levels of abuse that happen in those types of relationships. And while I have no doubt that there were people in Ravi's life that enabled him. I mean, surely he didn't pay the electric bill himself for all of those massage parlors. He probably had a an accountant or whatever. There's people that support a narcissistic leader in a way that we can recognize that they didn't get there on their own, but yet we can forget that there are different dynamics at play in the midst of that as well. Coming out of several abusive relationships in my past, I remember thinking, yes, this sucks, but what is my alternative? 
Because at this moment, I have been isolated from a support system. I would have to start from scratch if I were to remove myself from this situation. As children, we are often recipients or the victims of whatever lifestyle our parents live. As a young adult, I was in a situation like that where I was completely dependent on my abuser. And in another season of my life, I couldn't just up and leave because there's lots of dynamics at play. In addition to that, as Mars Hill starts to describe, the typical narcissist does have this Jekyll and Hyde personality. And so on one side, you might see like with Mark Driscoll, there was this very charismatic leader that's really engaged there was fruit. There was people that had been recipients of this dynamic gifting that he had. But then the flip side of that is there was people that were really suffering at the hands of his abusive temperament. And so I think we have to look a little bit deeper than just what the face value is of this. One of the things I have said over and over as we have started to see some of these things coming out in the open is we have to start looking at the deep-seated reasons for this. And I think they mentioned that podcast. What is it about our culture that is allowing this to keep happening? And I'm not saying just in the church, but I'm saying in general, we elect narcissistic leaders as a society. We just saw one fall this week as a result of an investigation and there was allegations of sexual abuse. We tend to promote the narcissistic guy to CEO. Why? Well, because they get a lot of stuff done. They work in a high capacity. We have a tendency as a culture to look at that as a value, yet we're not examining the ways that they got there. If you have two individuals, if you have me and you have a, a narcissistic individual, both in the same organization, but I treat people with kindness and respect, I'm not going to get as far as the guy that's stepping on everybody else's head to get to the top. It's just the reality of it. Because the, that narcissistic temperament doesn't have that remorse, that heart for people in the same way, it's a very self-centered way of thinking, they, they don't care about those things. Naturally, they're going to go farther. Now, do we recognize that that person is higher up the chain, higher up the food chain? Absolutely, we recognize that and we assign a value to that. The value isn't assigned to the person that did it ethically and fairly and it took 20 years instead of two years. That's not the way it works in our culture. But yet, why do we allow that? I think that's kind of some of the things that I think we need to examine instead of just sitting there and pointing fingers. I think one of the comments that I heard this week was there just wasn't good accountability. If I was there, I, I would point it out. Listen, I'm a truth teller, a justice warrior. There have been scenarios in my life where either I couldn't speak out or I didn't speak out because I didn't want the abuse that would come as a result. That's just the reality of it. I remember when I was a kid, my brother was getting beat, the snot beat out of him. And he did it. He was getting in trouble for something I did. But I didn't say anything because if I spoke up, then that would be my punishment. And so I let him take it. Was it right? No, it was self-preservation. I think unless you've lived in those kinds of scenarios, you don't get it. I actually spoke to somebody this morning. She said, well, people that don't live it don't get it. It's almost like two threads of responses this week to, to people or the last month or so, I guess, as people have been listening to these episodes coming out. One is, oh, that's terrible. And this is fascinating. And I had no idea this kind of stuff happened within the church. That, in some ways, I'm really glad to hear that because it means you're in a healthy church probably, or at least it's been healthy enough that you haven't seen behind the curtain to see some of the things that goes on in churches. 
But anybody that has been raised by a narcissist or has been involved with a narcissist or an unhealthy person in their life, they say, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's not just them. It's all over America. I will say, but it's evidence that this is a phenomenon that's happening in our country or within the church that we don't talk about. And so if we don't talk about it, how are we going to heal from it? You know, early on, beginning of the pandemic, one of the things that God had revealed to some of the people that work in, they have the the prophetic giftings. And it's something that I shared. We we were doing, when all the churches were closed down, we were doing church on the lawn here at our house. And it's something I shared with, with our people here. There was just this sense that there was something coming that would start to reveal the bedrock. And what I mean by bedrock is if you imagine standing at the beach, along, you know, the ocean, along the coast. If you were to look down and watch as the water washed away what was there, of course, at first you have the white fluffy sand that looks really good. And a little bit deeper, you have the darker sand. And a little bit deeper, you have the pebbles. A little bit deeper than that, eventually you get to the bedrock, the foundation that's there. And so in this prophetic word that was shared at the beginning of the pandemic, it was talking about how this pandemic was going to act as a catalyst to strip away everything but the bedrock. And in that process, what was going to happen is there was going to be revealed what people were standing on. The people that were standing truly on the rock, which is Jesus, would still be there because they would have something to stand on. But the people that were standing on just sand it was going to start to reveal the things that were hidden beneath the surface. Because again, even in this bedrock, as things are exposed, all sorts of things start to come up. And if you think about the ocean analogy, there's crabs and there's sea snails and there's sand fleas and all sorts of things that, that are revealed. There's things that are hidden underneath the surface when it's covered with that sand. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what we're seeing happening. And it's hardly a week goes by before we hear another story of another mega church pastor losing his crap over something, whether it's sexual abuse allegations or hiding up a secret sin or different churches dissolving because of leaders just not being able to handle the pressure of the pandemic. There are some churches that are growing and growing in so many new campuses or we did a church plant. Obviously, the, the church on the lawn started it. We did not plan that. And Did not anticipate that happening, but God saw fit to kind of do something in the midst of that. That's a story for a different day. We're seeing healing through the worship. And so that was the second part of that prophetic word was that there would be a new sound coming that would usher in worship in a new way, probably unlike anything we've seen in our generation. And I think throughout history, throughout church history anyway, what we have statistically and historically seen is after a great trial, whether it was the Spanish flu or a war or some sort of shared trauma as a culture, the response to that has been a revival and some of the great moments of church growth throughout church history. And so what my sense is, and I've been saying this over and over again, is that we are in a season where God is revealing so he can heal. He's revealing those hidden things that have been hidden for a long time so that he can heal. I've seen that in my own life. I've seen that in the life of my colleagues. I've seen that in the life of my professors and my fellow students. I have seen that in the life of these some of these megachurch pastors that are 
falling, things that have been hidden for years and years are, are being revealed. We're starting to see that over and over. And I think there's evidence there that this is not local to our region. This is not even just within the body of Christ. I think we're really in a space of God doing something in a way that's going to propel a movement. I think this goal of revealing is ultimately so he can heal. Okay, friends, we'll pick back up tomorrow. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you are the God that longs to heal us in the corporate sense, in the body of Christ sense, and within our own lives. God, I pray for those that may be listening, that are maybe even for the first time perhaps coming to this understanding or realization that maybe they have a narcissist in their lives, or maybe they've been under narcissistic leadership. God, I thank you for the way that you reveal things so that you can heal them because ultimately you want us to be free. So Lord, I pray for my friend today that if there are things in their lives that need to be revealed, God, would you show those things to them? Would you help them to see and understand that ultimately you want them to be free? We thank you and praise you in all things. Amen. Real quick, friends, before we go, I just want to remind you that we have started a partnership with Compassion International And we've made it the goal of the show to sponsor 15 children a month. And so if you would like to learn more about Compassion, more about the programs that Compassion offers, you can head to Compassion.com forward slash hearing Jesus. And you can learn about how you can help sponsor a child. You can write letters to them. You can help them understand the reality of the hope of the gospel in a powerful way. We have been able to do that over the last couple of months, and it's been such a blessing to know that the tithe of the show and also the partnership with you is helping children all over the world. So just if you've already sponsored a child, I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you. If you've not sponsored a child, what Compassion is doing is when you sponsor a child through that link, compassion.com forward slash hearing Jesus, they will send you a free copy of my book as a thank you. So if you would like more information, you can check the show notes or go to the website to learn more. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going.